welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today, so we'll check in with her and see how her last month has been. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And welcome, welcome everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts for first Friday of the month, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Good morning. Hi, and we are here every Friday. Well, Sunny in Seattle's here every Friday. Uh, Alessandra and I are here on the first Fridays, but on Fridays, you will find Sunny in Seattle from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, um, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can also find it at 1150kknw.com, as well as iTunes and Podcast One. And just a quick disclaimer that the views expressed here are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access, KPCA Radio Arts Board of Directors, Volunteers, Staff, or Underwriters. Um, okay, so Alessandra, hi. Hello, <laughs> Sunny. Sunny and Benny, so great to be with you both this morning. Yeah, I just have to say, so if we can talk a little bit about what happened this morning, because I feel like it's a good teaching lesson as well yes, um, <laughs> for it. a variety of reasons. Okay, <laughs> so... For for those of you who listen to the show, um, you know, uh, I usually I don't know. I don't know that anybody would know this, but um, for the past several years of my life, I am never late for anything. I mean, knock on wood to that, but I do my best to leave. You know, I always arrive 15 minutes early and sit in my car and do emails or when I would come to the studio in Seattle. It's rare rare for some people to live this exceptional lifestyle. So yeah, yeah. she does okay. great. I'm not saying it's tired to do it. Yeah, it's not an exemplary lifestyle. It's just I got really tired. I used to in my you know previous chapter of my life. You could ask my friends, and I would be, you know, sometimes hours late to things. That's just it's just not cool. And I would be stressed, and they would be frustrated. And I just thought, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. And so I just started getting places early. And uh, when I would come to the studio in Seattle, I knew how long it would take me and I would come do my outline, you know, at the studio and get there, you know, an hour, 30 minutes early and just be able to relax and whatever. Okay. So that's how I roll these days. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I now live in Petaluma. And so, you know, we've got uh, the Santa Rosa airport, which is like 30 minutes away or um, Sonoma County. Um, But there are limited flights. It's tiny. So really our options here are to go to Oakland or San Francisco, which means it's about an hour, hour and 15 minute drive. Okay, so I am dropping Chase at the airport today for a trip that he has had planned for quite some time. And I am doing our calculations and I wanted to leave myself. 45 minute buffer, you know, and I'm, I'm accounting for Bay Area traffic at rush hour in the morning and everything. And uh, we get like 10 minutes from the airport and I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, my God, Chase, I made our calculations based on a 10 a.m. show, not a 9 a.m. show. Like, how long have I been doing Sunny in Seattle for over four and a half years, almost? I mean, yeah, four and a half years, something like that. I have never done something like this before. And so I am looking at the clock and it's telling me that I'm going to be rolling up to the studio here in Petaluma, like back in Petaluma at 910. And, Mm. you know, Mm. well, I mean, this is like it's 8 a.m. in the Bay Area. That is not where you want to be. Yes. Okay. So 
Um, uh, can I, do, do you mind like sharing kind of what I did in this instance? That was, I think a little bit helpful and I I'm sharing this with people out there in case it is helpful for them. Yeah, do um, it. We need I know. to know. Yeah. So then we'll, then we, we can dive in and, you know, since I opened this can of worms then we'll dive in and check in with Benny and do all the other updates. But anyway, um, so knowing that I thought, okay, awesome. Um, there's nothing I can do about this right now, except to, you know, troubleshoot as much as possible. Let Benny and Alessandra know what's going on. And, um, I, you know, for KPCA, <laughs> I'm relatively new, hopefully they will not fire me. Um, and so, um, I, in the past, it, I'm saying this because we all have been there where you are running late, whether that's outside of your control or you were the one that created the situation, whatever the situation is, we, I believe all as humans have been late to something. And the normal reaction is to, at least for me, would be to clinch up and be checking the clock every 30 seconds and weaving in and out of traffic and trying to go faster. And I learned this technique, um, it's been a tool, kind of a tool that's been building for some time. And it's going to sound so incredibly simple. And I, maybe you would have had to have like the buildup of the last several years with this teacher for this to even make sense, like that it would be effective. But I'm just going to share it here because. So, you know, we're pretty spiritual here on Sunny in Seattle. And I believe that, you know, we are as humans, uh, we are spiritual beings having the human experience, not the other way around. And that as spiritual beings that you know, if the ocean is the creative source, the, you know, the collective conscious, the, the, if you want to call it God, you can call it God, the divine, you know, creator source, intelligence, whatever that is. I believe we are all droplets of that. And so, um, this, uh, tool that I had learned in the, like the last week that I've just been playing with in much less stressful situations was in a situation, you know, you're standing in line at the grocery store and the line ahead of you is forever and you're just wondering why they don't put another register open and all the things. Or you're like me trying to get back from Oakland to Petaluma in less than an hour in best hour traffic. Um, instead of contracting, which is what I think normally we do, we contract, we stress, uh, we go into fight or flight, um, fight, flight or freeze perhaps. Instead of that, I invite you to just, um, in whatever way this, this works for you, I have a little mantra that I'll share with you is how I embody this now. But um, instead of contracting, just take a deep breath and relax and open basically to the energy that is you. The energy that is you that is a part of this entire creative, intelligent universe. The part that can run all of these things in the background in your own body and in the cosmos without us having to do anything like healing our cuts and growing our hair and keeping the planets orbiting on their axis and all of those things. There's an intelligence there and you are a part of it. And if you can open to that, then you can bring that to the current situation. You know, as Abraham Hicks says, the power that creates worlds moves through us. Yes, I'm not saying we're all gods. I am saying that a droplet of that is within us. And if you can open to that instead of constricting into your small human self, it does make things, number one, not only more pleasant in the moment instead of freaking out, but it can also make things um a little bit bendy in terms of what is happening. Um, and I will just share with you that my map, and usually those maps, I think in my experience, when I do my GPS map, it will tell me one thing, but it doesn't always account for traffic building during high traffic times. And so inevitably when you slow down, 
the time starts creeping up and in, in a trip that would have taken, as mine said, an hour and 10 minutes would become an hour and 11, 12, 15, 18, whatever. And I also passed the route that I was returning on, you know, going to the airport. I knew what I was going to be getting into on the way back. And I will tell you, there's a big old toll and I don't have tabs for that here yet in California. So I have to go through the cash lane. It was backed up for at least a mile when I went out um, to the airport. And so I'm thinking I'm in my head, I'm picturing that as I'm dropping, racing away from the airport and Chase is waving in the background. Um, I will tell you that the trip that it said would take me an hour and 10 minutes. And all of the things that I just shared with you ended up taking me 55 minutes. Whoa. So somehow 15 minutes came off of my trip. I rolled up to the station with five minutes before the hour. And I will just tell you, there were so many other things that happened, you know, just looking at certain traffic patterns that I had seen on the way out, or even a wreck that happened on the the route that was on the way out that happened instants after we went through that particular place. Like, man, and I will just say, so what, when you open to the, the, uh, I will call it the fullness of your being, this is the fullness of your spiritual being. When you open to the energy that is you, I am not saying that is what happened today. And I know that for a fact, I will just say it's an interesting serendipity. And so the mantra that I use for that now is, and that's is what I've been saying all week. Um, you know, I guess I didn't really realize in preparation for this morning, I open to the fullness of my being. I open to the energy that is me. And I have, they, the, the it was even recommended to put a little, some type of a, um, a physicality with that. So for me, I touch my thumb and my middle finger together, kind of in one of those little mudras, but I just do that. And I picture as I touch and release, touch and release, I'm literally opening the energy of my opening to the energy uh, that is me opening to the fullness of my being. Um, and I will say also that while I was in the car and had, you know, an hour, an hour, 10 minutes as it was supposed to be, that I was so much more relaxed and I thought, you know what? I mean, no one's going to die if I don't get there in time. It's not the end of the world and everything's going to work out exactly as it's supposed to. And maybe this means that Alessandra opens the show without me. Maybe this means KPCA is not happy with me. I don't know um, if I don't get there in time to make this happen. But hey, look at how it worked. And it was a heck of a lot more pleasant the way that <laughs> it went down than it could have been. <laughs> so there's my it. morning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that, Sunny, because I think that it's like, it's so important to have those little tricks and that kind of perspective, right? Where you're not just kind of brushing it aside, like, oh, must be luck, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, that is, that is phenomenal. I thought if she's stuck in, I'm just picturing you in California traffic and I'm like, you may never well come back. <laughs> I, right, right. I may make it at noon this afternoon. And, and hey, that has certainly happened when I've yeah. been in Bay Area traffic before. It's an interesting place. But I will, when I went back through the toll plaza, for example, there was no car, like no car. I got right up to the little one of the green stalls without having even one car in front of me. And I thought, what the heck? And then this is, you know, at 8.30 a.m. That's like yeah. prime rush hour. Mm -hmm. So anywho, um, I, hey, if it worked for me, maybe it'll work for you. And, and try it in the littler situations, like at the grocery store in the checkout line or when you would normally, or let's say you, you know, you open your bank account and it's not what you thought it was or you get a bill you didn't expect. Like you can use this or someone gives you news that's not 
um, very pleasant or you get in trouble at work. I mean, whatever that looks like for you that can cause stress in your life, instead of going to constriction, which basically, again, in words that I yeah, hadn't even thought about till now that are Abraham Hicks, but you pinch yourself off from the flow of source. You pinch yourself off from what is available to you and your power. And so if you can open to the fullness of your being, open to the energy that is you or however you want to phrase it, gosh, it can make, it can increase your ability to respond in a situation in a much more harmonious way as opposed to to super stressy anxiety and definitely you're not in your creativity or your power when you're in that situation. So anywho, yeah. that's what so I, can you say that like just the one quick shortcut again for people who are just tuning in, like, okay, if they open their bank account or something's happening and they, they don't want to close themselves off from source, what's the quick trick that they can do? Yeah. The mantra that, that, um, that I've been using this week, I created it just based, but I'm, so I'm saying like, use whatever resonates yeah. for you in terms of semantics or language around this. But for me, the way that I felt like it would work for me after I learned about this technique was to say, I open to the fullness of my being. I open to the energy that is me and basically just inviting in like the full, you know, open to the spiritual being that you are and see what happens then as opposed to just small human self stressed out and frightened and anxious and all of the things that I, you know, I'm prone to fall into like everyone else, um, you know, that I know that when we have these kinds of situations. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I would rather, this is also the fun of live radio is it's, you know, it, there's, there's a coaching principle in my tradition that says, um, that live in creative, uh, sorry, live in perpetual creative response to whatever is present. And that's, what's present this morning. And it had a, even if it hadn't had like an outcome that, you know, from a human perspective was good, at least it's an experience that you learn from. So there we are. I love it. Okay, so cool. and welcome. You guys, I'm so glad that you've arrived. I <laughs> uh, yes, I have arrived. Now I will have to run to the restroom on the break. <laughs> that was one thing I did not have time for. <laughs> but I'm here. You can't win them all. <laughs> can't win them all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Sunny can though. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe if time had been a little more bendy, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on with y'all? Oh, Hey, first of all, yesterday was Halloween. Benny, how did the <laughs> costume contest go? Uh, pretty, pretty darn good. I sent a picture of like, right when you started the show, I know you were busy. Oh, with there it is. Yeah. So, so I, I just am... can't even believe it. It's so good. Thank you. I oh. am a three peat winner. Three peat. Oh. I'm like the bulls in the nineties. I just keep winning and winning. And winning. Wow. Okay, Benny, you got to explain. Okay, now I All see right. the picture that you sent the other night. So for <laughs> listeners out there, describe for us what we are seeing in this photo, which is, oh my gosh, Benny, how did you even create I, that? It took me a while to building, like two weeks of solid building, a lot of glue sticks and cardboard. Um, So basically I ended up being the claw game. You've seen it in stores, you know, at... Uh, arcades. kids arcades and all that and then of course the toy story the movie you know the claw the chosen one you know it's in yes. that too yeah so i built that a friend of mine gave me the idea i'm like nah i kind of like sat on it for a couple days and then all of a sudden i'm like i can do that and so yes. i ended up putting it all together and so uh i also am up against uh back-to-back winning the last two times here at the radio station for uh the costume contest and our harvest party so to speak and i've like i gotta do that Big again. I mean, when do I not? I guess apparently. So, uh, yeah, ended up winning, and uh, yeah, it seems to be pretty cool that 
I mean, everyone's gonna be like, "What are you gonna do with it afterwards?" I'm like, "I don't know, just hang on to it." But I did put lights in it, like the lights they work, everything works, except yeah. for the uh, claw itself. The mechanism does not, but that's okay. I'm 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 yeah. okay with that. And if you can it see this, amazing. it's like Benny's. So so the claw machine is like around his shoulders, and so his face is his cute little face yeah. is just what shows up in the window that you. <laughs> So yeah, it looks like you could win him for a prize. That's the whole that point. Yeah, if you, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, pick or two, sock it, monkey guys. or me. I mean, you know, it yeah. goes either way. Yeah. Uh huh. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank I love you. it. Thank you. <laughs> way to go. Oh, Three-time no winner. winner. You're welcome to post it, Sunny, if you want to post it. I though. yes, I will. Um, when you th- I will when just like say that. Calm down that, a little bit for you. <laughs> yeah. A sunny in Seattle radio Facebook page does exist, and I will post it there. So, um, okay, so moving on, or I mean, what did you actually, Benny, did you, what do you win when you win at the station? Oh, they gift card, so I haven't really checked to see what's on. I'm sure it's like last year, like a hundred bucks or something like that, so. Nice. That's basically what I spent. Exactly. (laughs) Although I did win last Saturday at another event, too, so I'm technically ahead of schedule and ahead of the, you know, curve. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should, you should take that around to many places. You'll, you will like I, scoop up all the prizes. Maybe. Well, I can't now it's after Halloween. So, you know, well, next year, perhaps. <laughs> I, mean, you can, I know Benny's you don't like know silly, sunny, silly, sunny. Did you hit your head? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, no, I mean, some of my costumes, I don't really like reuse them at all, but I mean, I have a couple left over from like a few years past. Can I maybe like a doctor's outfit? You know, you can't ever go wrong with a doctor's outfit just hanging around. But, you know, other character type stuff, I just kind of like let them go by. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, awesome work. I mean, Thank this you. one is just, just fantastic. Thank so, you. Well, anyway, what about you two? Did you guys go out, do anything fun or take it easy or for Alessandra? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants actually, to jump on I that was- one? I was so excited because this is the first year in many, many years that I have lived in a neighborhood where kids come and trick or treat because, you know, I was like in Seattle, like lived, you know, in Capitol Hill and it over in Fremont Wallingford. And so I think parents are a little bit more, um, you know, there's not as many children living in the neighborhoods there. Oh, there are. They're just taller and older. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 So this year it was so neat because we were in Bellingham in this sweet little neighborhood. And um, and so um, we decided to have some friends over. Mm-hmm. And so it was so fun to have a little Halloween party. But also we had trick-or-treaters all night long. And at one point I looked out my front door and there were just like – kids in droves it looked like that movie hocus pocus where like all the kids are just kind of trick-or-treating everywhere it was incredible and like houses down the street doing these fun fog machine kind of wild things and it just made me so happy and I you know I just had such fun friendship time and I thought well my life this time of year looks so incredibly different than it did last year. And I'm just so grateful for all of these blessings and friend blessings and things happening in my life. And, you know, so my, even I can hear my voice sounds a little off because I was just like talking, 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 you know, doing all the fun friendship. You're like, geez, ladies, just give us a candy. Let's move on. (laughs) I know, know, but you know, it's so cute. They're all so cute. I know. Yes. 
We had a similar experience. Um, you know, Chase and I have not done anything. I, we used to have massive Halloween parties when I was in Austin and with my ex-husband. I mean, we would always do it up huge all the way through law school. There was a huge law school Halloween party called ex parte, which of course is a legal term, but also a, a double entendre there. Good. Yes. It. Yes. Okay. So, um, but that was always fun. And then we would host them at, you know, either, I don't know, LA or in Austin, or it, it just was like, we did it up and we always had big costumes and put a lot into it. And <laughs> once Chase and I got together, I was like, I am so done. <laughs> with all of this big entertaining that just leaves me feeling pretty empty and pretty tired. And so we would just, um, wherever we were, you know, we'd um, watch our favorite Halloween episodes in the background as kids come by for trick or treating. But I will say that the Petaluma kids, oh my gosh, they are so different than the kids in our neighborhood in, in Seattle. I feel like we had like a, like, the kids in Seattle are city kids. Like they are, they are, um, let's just say they just don't seem as like young. They seem like adults. And so, I mean, of course they're wonderful little children, but I'm saying, I guess more, when you get more into like the tween teenage years and we had some of the loveliest teenagers come by and trick or treat in these sweet costumes. And every single kid that came by said, how many can I take? And I was like, you're oh. asking? Like all the kids yeah. that I've ever known just reach in and grab whatever's available. <laughs> so there's like beautiful, sweet, innocent children <laughs> that I haven't seen in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Very yeah, polite. That's like, very polite. They were very, very, very polite. Yes. So anyway, it was, yeah, there was just a sweetness about Halloween this year that, um, yeah, I mean, I love our neighborhood in Seattle. We have so many wonderful friends there, but I would just, the kids just felt a little bit different. <laughs> like usually there are fireworks going off in our neighborhood in Seattle until like 4 a.m. And, you know, it's all those teenagers out there having a good time as they should, but we just don't have that in Petaluma so much. <laughs> anyway, it. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. I love that you say, yeah, a real sweetness about yeah. Halloween. I felt that same way. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what did the boys do, Benny? Uh, we ended up going uh, to their mom's area because uh, in my neighborhood, there's less families. I, You know, we only have like one or two. So there isn't as much trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. So we usually take them mm -hmm. down or I take them down or whatever, you know, whose house they're at or whatever. But we usually end Somebody up- Somebody takes them down. Exactly, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, we might come up to Bellingham and see you there, Dr. Alessandro. There. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sounds like you have a really dope neighborhood too. I love it. Yep. Yeah. And so we just went around here and we you know, did a couple blocks and then all of a sudden it was just like, we want to go home. We're tired because it was pretty cold last night. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, once the temperatures kind of drop, you know, and the, I was, you know, you're walking around. I actually wore my costume, too. So I was trying to, like, you know, not be up front with them so much because it would be like we'd walk up to a house and they're like, oh, my God, your boy's. You know, costumes are so cute. They're like, whoa, look at yours. And I'm like, oh, they're like, that's our uh, dad. <laughs> oh, wait, what were the boys? Oh, so uh, Eli was a Minecraft creeper. Uh, it's uh -huh. a character from Minecraft. And then Ethan was uh, Spider-Man. There's a new Spider-Verse movie. And so he was Miles Morales is the new uh -huh. little hmm. mini Spider-Man trying to, you know, that he's growing up. So. Oh, very cute. Oh, yeah. the, they could have been like um, prizes that had already come out of the claw machine. Yeah, that did cross you my were still mind. Waiting to be yep. I, actually, <laughs> I actually used their stuffies. We, the boys call them stuffies oh. and put them in there. So that's there. So they were definitely like, Dad, don't lose them. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, they were super adorable. Yeah. Well, 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad Halloween sounds like was fun yeah. all around. And yeah, very oh. different, uh, very different from different places and different ages and past experiences to now. But I love that. So fun stuff. Um, well, so Benny, should we take our break since we're getting close to the bottom of the hour? Sure, yeah. Or yeah, why don't we? Can we do that? And then, um, and then we will pick up with um, all that's been going on um, and tips and suggestions that we've come across resources that may be helpful to you in navigating life. Um, so you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm one of your hosts on this first Friday. My name is Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. There are hundreds of millions of acres of public land in the U.S., but not everyone has had the chance to hike in a national forest or picnic in a state park. There's a gap definitely between communities of color, Latino communities, and access to these green spaces and these experiences. That's Felipe Benitez of Corazon Latino, a nonprofit that helps urban residents spend more time in nature. The group organizes outdoor events at parks and forests, and they encourage families to visit on their own by providing directions and activity ideas in Spanish. The cousins, the abuelitos, the little kids, everybody will come. So you want to make sure that you are providing information on what to do, information about safety, information about conservation. He says the group's goal is to encourage recreation and stewardship. When people feel connected to parks and forests, they want to preserve them. That's important for the climate because trees store a lot of carbon. We don't need to train Latino communities on how to be good environmental stewards. Culturally, it's part of our DNA. We just need to sometimes remind ourselves that it is important we are stewards of the land. We're protecting our Madre Tierra. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday on Sunny in Seattle. So that means you have me, Sunny Joy, joined by... Dr. Alessandra Duke. And of course, Benny on the board. Hey, what's which up? Is- Yay. Yeah. So, um, Alessandra, I'm going to turn it over to you because we were talking over the break. um, Oh, and yes, another lesson in um, living in perpetual creative response to what's present, as I mentioned this morning, since I had that 
um, little scheduling snafu with my travel um, and was hustling to make it back to Petaluma in time for the show this morning, um, I, because I had built in when I thought <laughs> we were starting at 10, I had like a 30 to 45 minute buffer to get to the studio and prepare my outline and do all that. So since I rolled in right at nine, um, I did not have an outline. So, and as anyone who's been listening to the show knows for a while, I am a bit type A and <laughs> Alessandra has always rolled into the studio with a coffee and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> so, which this is a very comfortable place for her. And this mm-hmm. is one of those wonderful growth moments that's happening in real time. I had no outline coming in this morning. So, uh, you know, one thing to do is just to panic and freeze or to be like, Hey, it's going to work just fine. So um, so we talked a little bit over the break here about what we wanted to say in the Mm. second half of the show. And of course, we always talk about these things beforehand through text or whatever. Um, So Alison, I'm going to turn it over to you talking about for anyone out there, you know, how do you keep doing life and either running your business, maintaining your relationship, showing up for your work, whatever that looks like when Human stuff happens, like losing a loved one, losing an animal, uh, getting sick, uh, you know, all of those kind of things. So take mm-hmm. it away. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's so I think it's so wonderful how um, complimentary you and I are to each other and, <laughs> you know, our different approaches, but it works. And um, I have another very dear friend of mine who um, we operate similarly. And we when we were both in our doctorate program, um, I would be, we were both teaching undergraduate classes. And so I would have some, you know, some things an outline prepared of what I wanted to do, but she would spend hours prepping all of these notes. I would breeze in and she'd be like, I hate you. Right. <laughs> Said with love. <laughs> Said with love. <laughs> of course. That's always been my style. She would, she would call that. She'd say that she's type A and I'm type uh, something else. <laughs> X or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) What's with it? Z? (laughs) Way into the alphabet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Something there. Yeah. So I've, um, you know, over this last month, it's been an uh, interesting and surreal experience. I, um, my dog of 13 years passed away um, at the beginning of October. And um, it's interesting just even, you know, working with that in my mind, thinking about, okay, she's transitioned into, you know, back into the spiritual realm. You know, there's a lot of different ways to kind of think about it. Um, but ultimately she physically, physically is no longer in my life. And, um, and I was with that animal for 13 years and loved her dearly and loved loving her. I loved, I loved being that being's mother for this time on the planet. Mm -hmm. And so that loss was really heavy for me. And I knew it was, I knew that it was coming. She had had some highs and lows, uh, with her health and then had a major quick, very like quick low, you know? Mm -hmm. So in some ways it felt completely shocking. And then in other ways it felt like, well, okay, you know, I kind of had two years since she was diagnosed with an illness to, get ready, you know, and I think you just cannot ever get ready. Um, I was telling a friend this and I said, you know, the, the, the doctors are all telling me, get ready. They said, I know you wanted her to live forever, but I need you to get ready to let her go. And my friend was like, yeah, that's when you just think like, how am I ever supposed to be ready? And I just smile and nod at the doctor. And then I'm, she says, I think to myself, this is 
me nodding. This is me nodding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is what I look like when I'm nodding, looking like I'm listening. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I just thought that was so funny because that's how I feel. And um, so it was like this, you know, her depart from my life. Um, It was a big quake for me. And it was also in the middle of me trying to launch a new program that I'm offering in my um, business. And and just grappling with this this question of okay i've got you know some people signed up for this i've generated interest for this um how do i keep going with these different aspects of work and kind of moving forward because the world continues to move forward despite how you know how bad we're grieving or hurting it's like you look around and you know there's still the line at starbucks and the mail person is still delivering the mail and all of the things just kind of keep happening around you despite feeling like your whole inner universe has just kind of come to a a a big old stop you know and so um that was it was a really hard energy for me to hold and it was really fascinating because um, it came all with, I think, pretty divine timing because the following week I was all, I had already been scheduled to go to Dallas to see um, a, a coach that I've been learning from, Brooke Castillo. And I was scheduled to go down there to one of her events. And I just thought, well, along with going also to see my business coach down in Arizona. And I thought, well, at first my thought was, this is terrible timing. You know, I've just had this loss and I don't care about any of this. And I can't believe this trip is coming at this time. And it was really serendipitous because out of the hundreds of people that attended this event, I got chosen to be able to ask Brooke a question. Mm -hmm. And my question was, how do I hold you know, this, this grief that I'm having for this being that is, has been my closest family member, um, and my longest relationship really, like how do I hold that and, um, keep caring about this other program and moving it forward and being enthusiastic and being an example for other women for how to be empowered and inspired in their own lives when all I want to do is is hide and go away forever and ever. Right. And so, you know, her, her way of thinking about it, which I mean, maybe some people, you know, wouldn't align with, but I thought it was really interesting, you know, where she said, you know, it's important to be holding that. Yes, the grief is happening. The loss is happening, but to separate out that grief from this, this forward moving thing to try to like, keep those two separate, right. That it, and that it, me moving forward in, in this program and in selling it doesn't require me to step into some level of enthusiasm that would, is not authentic. Right. But to just continue to, in the moments that I can be telling as many people about it as I can, and here's how you should join. And then also allowing myself the distinct time to be able to grieve. And so holding both, but not using the grief to be a reason why I can't move forward, because then not only do I have the pain and tension of the grief, but then also in several months, you know, can also be 
with the possibility of thinking, oh, shoot, you know, I didn't move forward on that. I regret that a little bit, you know. Um, so and and it was a choice for me to make, you know, do I still keep moving forward with this thing that I've been wanting to do? And ultimately, I chose yes. You know, I didn't have to. I could have said, you know, this is not a good time for me, but I didn't want to use um, this loss as a reason why I couldn't keep moving forward in my life in ways that really mattered to me. And I think that if the the program didn't matter to me, it would have been easy to see that very clearly. It felt like a lot got really clear, but I felt like this was meaningful to me. And, and I felt like in, you know, I, I think for listeners listening to this show, they would understand that, you know, Clover is one of my soulmates, you know, and one of the greatest mentors of my life. And, um, I gotta hold myself back from getting tearful yeah. here, but, yeah. um, but I just, I think that, you know, I have to trust too, that like f- from her, there's no desire to have my life stop. Yeah. because she stopped being in physical form. Yeah. So, but really still allowing myself to feel and not, I think I've got a history of, you know, just kind of like sucking it up, you know, get it together. I come from, you know, a family that didn't have a lot of room or time for emotions and, yeah. and I just didn't do that, you know? So I would send several messages out to people. Okay. I love you. Here's this program. I think you would love it. I think you will grow from it. And I love you sending so much love. And then I'm going to go over here, do whatever I have to do to grieve, you know, and so just have been, you know, floating between the two. So anyway, bit of a long explanation, but that's been my October. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's intense. And it, it reminds me as you're talking, um, so there, um, in, again, in my coaching tradition, there's this, there's this, um, I guess this was when my, my, you know, teacher of heart, teacher of my heart in this lifetime, Martha Beck, when she was still an academic at Harvard and she was a, a sociologist. Um, and so she of course loves, you know, human behavior and, and studying that. And, and she and, um, her husband at the time, who was also an academic, um, had come up with, uh, this, this what they call the four squares of change. And I think he was looking at it more from a business perspective, like what happens in a business when things happen. But I think Martha was looking at it more in terms of human behavior. And when you have a cataclysmic event or a Mm -hmm. catalytic event that changes the nature of your identity, which losing a loved one, animals included, Mm -hmm. definitely counts. It changes the fabric of your identity because you go from, you know, two to one or, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, you get married, you go from one to two, you have a kid, you go from two to three, you you lose a child, you go. So anything that changes who you are, this, it also applies to uh, losing a job or getting a new job, moving across country, anything that changes how you view yourself, view, view yourself, like your identity and who you are. So when you launch into this, what she calls square one, the very first square after the catalytic event, um, <laughs> it's basically a death and rebirth, death yes. of the old you and a reformatting of the new you. And I think the the analogy of the caterpillar and the chrysalis now is is pretty I mean, I don't want to say overdone, but people know it now. But just if there's anyone out there that isn't familiar, a caterpillar, when it goes into a chrysalis, doesn't grow wings. It actually breaks down into a soup of cells that reformats into a whole new organism. And that's what it can feel like. And my point in bringing this up is when you're in that square one, the death and rebirth, 
um, and the mantra is, I don't know what the heck is going on and that's okay. Um, but you only have two jobs here. Like, you know, I think what Brooke said really mirrors what I think, what my, um, belief around this is and my learning from what I've learned, the, the things that I now believe about it, but that, you know, don't make, try if, if possible not to make huge moves. So you did the, the minimum that you could do, mm-hmm. or sometimes, you know, more than that, but your only job really, when you're in that place is to grieve the clean pain and disbelieve the dirty pain, you know, clean pain being we're wired to be, we are wired to be emotional beings. So when you lose a, an animal companion or a loved one, there will necessarily be some grief, even if it wasn't the most functional relationship, there will be grief for what was, grief for what could have been. Um, and and so that's clean pain. We're wired for that. And it sounds like you now as a an emotionally mature adult, adult mm-hmm. that you are feeling that. But then the other thing is to disbelieve dirty pain. And dirty pain are the thoughts that come along behind it that can lock you into the pain longer than you need to be. So, I mean, we're, our psyches are built, I mean, goodness, you're a psychologist. I probably need to let you articulate it better than no, me, but I mean, you're great. our psyches tend toward healing in the same way that our bodies do if we allow them to. And, and grieving clean pain is one of those things, but the dirty pain is where I think people get, um, a little bit tripped up and dirty pain being, let's use you as an example, Alessandra mm-hmm. saying if dirty pain would be, I will never have another animal companion that will even come close to comparing to Clover. And that probably makes yeah. you feel pretty crappy or, um, um, you know, I should never get a dog again. It's too painful. That's pretty mm-hmm. dirty thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it, it could be any number of things like sh- I should have done something to keep her alive longer, whatever it took. I mean, all of those things that could have, the what is the shoulda, the self-blame and criticism and all that, um, and fear, future tripping, all that's dirty pain. So just for anyone out there, um, you know, this stuff, it, it's, it's funny. May I add one more thing, Alessandra? I don't want to hijack. Yeah, no, Too this bad. is great. I remember when I was in a writing program to write my book and it was a nine week program where you took your idea to, uh, you know, not a polished manuscript, but to a manuscript that was workable. So we're in there pretty intensely for nine weeks together. And it was so funny because it seemed that it, the stuff came up for every single person in the group. Someone was diagnosed with cancer. Someone's child got into an accident. Um, my, my ex-husband passed away, like mm-hmm. things were going to happen. And you would just notice like, this is life. If, if you want to finish your book, you're going to have to acknowledge that life is going to happen around you. And are you equipping yourself with the tools so that you can, just as you said, Alessandra, keep things going, um, mm-hmm. and not deny the grief, give it space. Hey, if you need to shut down for a couple of weeks, so be it. If you need to yep. shut down longer than that, so be it. But mm. just knowing that that these things are going to come up. And, and if you do have tools in your toolkit, that there are ways to navigate it in a, in a way that doesn't just take you down into the depths of despair and leaves you there for months at a time with it, with everything else falling apart in your life, you know? Yes. I love it. Well, and I, you know, and I would even notice those kind of, you know, what you're calling those dirty thoughts or the dirty pain, right. Mm -hmm. Coming up and, um, you know, and all, you know, all of the, the bargaining that your brain wants to do too, when we've experienced loss, like, isn't mm-hmm. there something else that I could have done? Or maybe I could, you know, all the would have, could have, should have, um, and me just having to, you know, having to like be compassionate also with that part of myself that was, 
you know, like grappling with the question, right? Like, was there anything else? And me having to soothe that part, like, no, there wasn't, you know, you had a whole team full of people say no, you know, like, so just like trying to comfort myself through that, you know, or having a thought come up, like, I'll never love again. Yeah, <laughs> That's never... dirty pain. That's <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Like dirty pain. <laughs> and it's like, it feels like really young pain, you know, that's like a young part of self that is like, feels like a little bit, not necessarily inner child work, but I just think about this, these different kinds of parts work that we do in psychology and that, you know, these these parts of us that represent, you know, younger versions of self and, you know, just checking in for those parts. Cause that is like, you know, if we think about it, like how a kiddo might respond, you know, either like I never want a dog again, you know, or something comforting myself, like, Oh, you so are going to want a dog again, you know, and just like really, you know, trying to work with myself and have compassionate compassion around that. But Really, I think, like you're saying, like having that clean grief just allows allows it to flow through and making space makes it, you know, for the grief and to allow yourself to feel. I think that that is where true healing can come from. And so then, you know, I see so many clients that haven't allowed themselves to grieve from the loss of significant people in their lives, and they're still carrying that heavy, heavy weight, you know, in ways that are really disruptive in their lives, not in a way that's like honoring of the person who has passed or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. And, you know, just for anyone out there, when we say, okay, so if, if you agree that, you know, really the only job that you have in square one or this meltdown that happens, the death and rebirth, when we have that catalytic event, if your only job is to grieve the clean pain and disbelieve the dirty pain, what do you use, Alessandra, to deal with the dirty pain? I mean, I, I would assume it's some combination of Brooks model or some other things, but how do you, I'm curious, just so people out there go, well, how do I, how do I manage and disbelieve dirty pain? Yeah, I really try to separate it. You know, I separate it for myself and I notice that I notice it's a thought and that it's not me. It's not factual. It's not, um, it's not a true, it's not a true circumstance. So just like, yeah, I do use a lot of, um, a lot of the model, you know, just running through like, okay, what is that thought? You know, oh, I, you know, never want to love something again. You know, how does that make me feel terrible, right? Lonely, isolated, whatever. Um, what action would I take? You know, thinking through that kind of model and thinking, okay, what's a, how do I want to feel about all of this kind of moving into the feeling space rather than what do I want to think? Because I Mm -hmm. think with grief, that's too hard. It's like, uh, you know, and, and in this grieving, actually I've, I've felt like, well, I want to feel sad about it. You know, I don't want to feel happy about this. I want to feel grateful, but I want to feel sad. And how can I just let myself, you know, feel sad, like you're saying cleanly. And so, you know, to just, to just get back to the, to the facts of it, which is, you know, my, my, this beloved creature is no longer in physical form with me, you know, and I'm going to miss her. 
So working to clean up those kinds of thoughts, right? Those are the thoughts that I need to just be able to fully feel. Um, And then, you know, so that's one kind of thing is, is working the model, noticing them as thoughts, thinking about how do I, where do I want to move myself toward feeling or how do I want to be thinking about this? And then also, um, doing some really compassionate self-talk. So like I said, when it feels like it's that younger part of self comforting myself that you would to a child, right? Like for me, if a child was crying and saying, you know, I, I never want that again, all of that, you know, I wouldn't tell the child, Hey, just shut up. You know, think <laughs> I mean, a better thought, ideally. kid. you know, I'm just yeah. not going to do that. Right. I would hold that child. And I would say, I know you're hurting. This is so painful, right? This is so terrible. And tell me what you need in order to, you know, for some comfort, let's, let's be in this together. And I will have that type of conversation with myself. Um, for some people listening, you know, this might resonate and feel like, okay, that's something I can do for some people. They might think what that's weird. I have to talk to myself, you know, and it's like, you do it in so much, you know, in a way that feels comfortable to you, right. Just offering some comfort. So I'll even place my hand on my chest and I'll say, you know, something like, I know this is so hard. This is so hard. Right. And just like being with myself and offering, offering that comfort and compassion. So those are, those are the main tricks that I've been using through it. And, you know, and truthfully, it's like, um, (laughs) I haven't been cleanly grieving when it comes to my comforts, right? Like I've noticed like in spades, like my grab, like I gravitate toward food to comfort. I gravitate toward, you know, um, alcohol. And so it's not like I certainly haven't been you know, over drinking, but definitely it's just, there's, there's been an uptick, you know, for me, that's just been noticeable. And so I'm looking forward to, to, you know, being in, in this new month and just kind of clearing out some of that, you know, cause there was just some major coping going on. Um, not in a way that was really destructive though. And, and I will say in the past, it's been very destructive, but I think, that because I've allowed myself to really just fully sit with this pain and feel it, I haven't had to numb it, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, the, the key component here that I hear is that you have an awareness around it. You're onto yourself and yes. I think giving some leeway for the human experience, like we signed up in these bodies knowing that we were going to have some uncomfortable emotions and sometimes mm-hmm. that as a human, we're not going to be great. And so, yeah, you, you you have great awareness around it. And I think that's the, the key thing. And you have the power to change it if and when, if there's any behavior that, like you say, there's an uptick and you want to address that, you absolutely have the capacity and the power to do that, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I, what you were talking about, you know, soothing and comforting yourself, um, that actually mirrors beautifully the research that Dr. Kristen Neff has done on self-compassion and the effects that it has on our, not only our physicality, but also our, um, uh, you know, our psyche. And she does recommend that you talk in a soothing voice, that you actually have some form of touch, a hand on a heart, a hand on a cheek, kind of hugging yourself and speaking in the type of content that in an ideal world we would use with children always, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that things are okay. You're doing the best you can. And, and yeah, the effect that that actually has on our bodies 
is amazing. Um, and her research proves it up because I think so many people assume, you know, oh, suck it up and whip yourself back yes. into shape and push harder. And her research shows that that people who actually practice the self-compassion that we're talking about in these situations and situations where we make a mistake, et cetera, that, that they actually have higher levels of personal responsibility and higher levels of motivation in the long run. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of makes sense. Of course, you're going to be willing to go back out there and try again if you've been kind mm-hmm. to yourself. But when you're beating yourself up all the time, it really doesn't it doesn't open the way for you to want to get out there and try again. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love what you're saying um, around that. Yeah, I I usually go to Byron Katie's work, and um, one of the things that I that I have loved the most that Martha Beck has ever said is that the opposite of our most painful belief is usually the truth. So the opposite mm. of your most painful belief. So if your most painful belief in the moment is that I will never be loved or love anything like this again, the opposite of that is most likely the truth. Mm-hmm. And you can usually tell that something is a big fat lie if it feels <laughs> heavy and constricting in the body. So for those of you out there, if you are dealing with some painful thoughts around the loss of, of an animal companion or a loved one, um, any number of other things that happen in the human experience, take that most painful thought that you've got And I want you to, number one, let it rest in your awareness. Believe it. Let it get as big as it wants to. And what happens in your body? My hunch would be that you feel a sense of heaviness and constriction somewhere. And in that case, there's your little trigger that, Mm -hmm. oh, I may be believing a lie. And the opposite of this lie may actually be the truth, that Mm -hmm. you will be loved in even greater ways, that you will find love again in, in myriad places and animals and people and all the above. And how does that feel in the body if you think it? Yeah. I, you know, I'm loving that concept that like what, you know, when you feel that cinching and like what the opposite of that is probably what is true for you or what is going to be true for you. I think that is like, I'm just going through so many thoughts in my mind. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, my future's looking amazing. (laughs) I can't wait for this. We fixed it all in 20 minutes. Absolutely. Isn't that the thing though? You know, you'll hear one little sentence and be like, oh my gosh, that just shifted my whole, my whole outlook. How, how fantastic. Yeah. Well, maybe we should end on that note because we're coming up right on time. And so here we are. Um, Yeah. And Alessandra, I know um, just from where I sit and I know uh, many listeners out there, you know, we've been through losing animal companions and um, just for the parts that are, tough. We see you and we hear you. And I'm sending you love as I'm sure many listeners are as well as Thank is you. Clover. She's yes, right there with you she is. in spirit form. So yeah. um, that will bring us to the end of uh, Sunny in Seattle first Friday with Sunny and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Thanks, Benny, for running the board. Well, and um, if, yeah, and uh, I guess we will see you uh, next month. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you.